What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When the people that are supposed to be telling us what is healthy and what is good for us are coming at it from a place that is possibly quite disordered anyway, that's a really, really dangerous recipe. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 199. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome back, Veggie Lover, to another episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. I'm so excited for today's episode. I am talking with Michael Ujoa, who is a weight-neutral personal trainer I found on Instagram, and his content is so refreshing. I just got so excited, and I invited him on the podcast immediately. So I am so glad he agreed to come on. I'll tell you more about him in a little bit, but I just want to remind you that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment by a health professional. So if you have concerns about your own eating, your child, anybody in your family, please seek out a professional. Okay, so Michael Ujoa is an online personal trainer and performance nutritionist. He's worked with clients in over 16 different countries from everyday exercisers to performance athletes. He's a speaker, podcaster, content creator, and fitness writer. And he's contributed to major fitness publications such as Men's Health Magazine and has also been featured on BBC Radio Scotland. He lives in Edinburgh, Scotland. That's how you pronounce that. It's not Edinburgh. It's 
Edinburgh, which I have to deliberately concentrate and make sure I say it right. And I'm so excited because I'm going to Scotland this summer and I can't wait. I cannot wait. We have rescheduled this trip to the UK twice already. So I'm hoping it will happen this time. (sighs) COVID. Changed so much. So, Michael and I have a really great discussion. We talk about how he became a personal trainer that rejects diet culture. We talk about whether health doesn't really have to have a certain body type. Is it true that you can pursue health? and your body can be any size. What what does he think about that? We talk about trolls and fat phobia. We talk about his pet peeves from the personal training industry and some of the ways that he helps his clients navigate size discrimination in the fitness world. And we end with what he wishes more people knew. So I think you're gonna love this episode. We had a really good time. I want you to please check out his content. So his last name is spelled U. Double L-O-A, Ujoa, U-L-L-O-A. First name is Michael, spelled traditionally. Look him up on Instagram. And without further ado, let's welcome Michael Ujoa. Michael Ujoa, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation. I don't know how I found you on Instagram, but thankfully I did. And I was just drawn in because I've been in this world for a while, this world of rejecting diet culture, weight neutrality, but it's rare to see a man in the world, right? So it's mostly women, it's mostly female influencers. And so I was like super intrigued. Plus your content is so good and so funny, so relatable. And I just love how you're just able to bring it to a place where it's funny and it helps us see also that there's dangers to how we approach things. So I'm, first of all, I'm just really curious about how did you get into this? How did you become a personal trainer that rejects diet culture? Because it almost seems like an oxymoron, right? Yeah, it really does. Like, I I do feel like I'm a little bit of an anomaly within this space. Like, as you said, there's not many guys promoting this message. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's many layers to why there's not that many uh, men in this space, which I'm sure we'll go into in a bit. But yeah, I, I, I would love to say that it was kind of this one thing that triggered me to move down this path of creating this kind of content, but there really wasn't. It's been a journey over many, many years of just creating content, speaking with people online, working with many clients over the past few years and kind of realizing that the kind of main, kind of the mainstream personal trainer content that you see pushed out there onto the internet, I just don't think it's that helpful to the large majority of people that really need the fitness industry for help, you know. Um, I almost feel like with most personal trainers with their content, it's almost like they're promoting to other personal trainers and people that are kind of used to fitness and find fitness kind of quite easy. And the everyday person that really struggles, who maybe has never really gotten to rhythm with food or exercise, the main, the main approach that personal trainers take, I just don't think it resonates and I don't think it's very helpful. I've also had some really brilliant clients who've been very outspoken about my content and kind of told me when things haven't quite hit the mark or or when something's maybe gone really well and and I've just taken that all on board like I I want to learn from everyone that I work with and everyone I come across and um yeah I've just kind of refined my content now and I feel like I'm finally in a place that 
I'm truly making a difference. And the fitness industry's got a hell of a long way to go. But I, I do finally feel like there is a shift that's starting to happen. Unfortunately, there's just not many other men within this space part of that change, but it's it's getting there. Yeah. Wow. Well, kudos to you for being open-minded and having humility, because I think that sometimes when we're passionate about our line of work and the field that we're in, we go in feeling like, okay, I got this. I know this. This is the way I'm going to do it. And it's so easy to just reject anything that doesn't fall within that paradigm. And I've been in that too before where, okay, this is the way I'm going to help patients and this is how I'm going to do it. And then you realize that there's people that fall outside of that normal curve and it's easy to just reject it and be like, well, you don't fall within this. So I'm just going to say this is out of line. But really I feel more and more that you realize that there's a good percentage of people that don't fall within what we believe they should, you know? And so paying mm -hmm. attention to that and really listening to our patients and our clients, I think is really important in how we move forward if we truly want to help people and meet them where they're at. So thank you for, for being that way. Yeah, it's, no, that's okay, that's okay. And it almost, when I first started creating content around this topic, um, it's, it was almost like I, I felt a little bit bad for stepping into the space because I felt like the, if you want to kind of call it body positivity, body neutrality space, um, it's not for me, you know, like this space is not for me. And I almost felt a bit bad creating content within that. But then I feel like I, it can be really powerful when someone who's not maybe of the usual demographic that creates content within that space is saying, because let's be honest, the fitness industry is designed for me. Like I'm a, I'm a white straight man that's got like an above average muscle mass, you know, and um, this is what fitness is supposed to look like. This is what we're told fitness is supposed to look like. And um, so I then think is actually can be really powerful. I don't want to sound like a white knight. I don't want to sound like a bit of a douche here, but like, I, I think it's really powerful when there's someone who's like, right, the fitness industry can look like me, but fitness does not have to look like this. Um, and then I just use my platform to amplify the voices of other people who are creating such a good message around this content at the moment. Yes. Well, I've been doing a lot of reading and reading research studies in the area of weight and size discrimination because I'm mm. preparing to do some consultant work for an organization. And it's very depressing. Mm. It's, and the reason it's so depressing is because people in larger bodies are so heavily discriminated against. There is such a heavy bias and it's getting worse and worse and mm -hmm. worse each year. It's not getting better. Even though there's increasingly more people in larger bodies, our discrimination and bias is getting worse. But I think that the cruelest part of it is this internalized weight bias. So that when people in larger bodies start to agree with everybody, you know, and so they themselves are like, yeah, I'm a piece of crap. And, you know, I'm, I am lazy. And, you know, mm -hmm. because of that, I'm just not going to do anything because I believe what society is telling me about myself. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I agree that we need to have representation from people of all body sizes, but it's almost like people in larger bodies have been brainwashed. And so mm -hmm. sometimes they're not even going to be able to advocate for themselves because they believe mm -hmm. what everybody's telling them. So I think it's important for there to be advocates, for there to be allies of all shapes and sizes because it benefits all of us to 
decrease and get rid of and be aware of this weight, size, bias and discrimination? I I completely agree. And it, there's, as I said, like there's still a hell of a long way to go. Um, but the fitness industry still has this strong bias. You know, as soon as you just got to look at any piece of content where someone's creating uh, something, any well, anything around nutrition or fitness, if it's someone who's in a larger body, the comments are brutal. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely brutal. So I, I always have to kind of check my privilege when I'm creating this content because I know that none or hardly any of the comments are going to be about the way that I look, you know, and I, it's just one barrier I just don't have to overcome. Um, but the fitness industry is is just madness. Like it, it's honestly completely bonkers. Um, you have these people who are in society's perfect bodies, I'm using quotation marks there, um, who are kind of seen as the beacons of all knowledge, you know, like just because someone is ripped, uh, has really low body fat percentage, suddenly they're seen as this authority figure. As soon as someone in a in a larger body comes along and says something that is brilliant, their content is amazing, the messaging is incredible, just because they look different, people are not going to take that on board. It's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. And And if we're honest, the large majority, if not all of the ridiculous fitness content or fitness advice that you see given on the internet the worst advice is given by people with society's most desirable physiques and yeah it just clearly shows that the way that your body looks has absolutely no correlation to your level of expertise or knowledge on a topic oh it's so twisted <laughs> oh my goodness yeah it really is it really is i mean you just got to see as soon as uh, there was a recent magazine cover i can't remember the name of the model i apologize well, whenever there's a magazine cover, when you have a, someone in a larger body put on the magazine cover, you know, the the uproar, personal trainers, all the big kind of well-known personal trainers who are known for being quite controversial will say that it's advertising obesity or it's setting a bad example or encouraging people to have this body shape. But when you've got someone on a fitness magazine that's completely ripped, um, got no body fat percentage, clearly taking steroids as well, let's be honest, no one ever calls it out. No one ever calls it out. So it's just, it it's maddening. Yeah. And I had this thought that just got downloaded to me this morning. To get a natural results, you have to take a natural actions. So if we all wanted to be like 5% body fat, that's going to require a heck of a lot of work and all kinds of weird things that we would have to do mm-hmm. to get there. Plus, just misery. <laughs> Honestly, I'll never want to desire to spend my life trying to get that low in body fat. But, but, but we're just like you know, told these lies about how no, all you got to do, you just got to work out more and you know, eat healthier, and you could look just like me. You know, and so I think that all of all of that messaging can really lead to that place. What you're saying is that it ends up in a place that it's not benefiting people and hurting a lot of people too. Well, let's let's talk about what you have on your, I was looking at your sales page for your membership program, which looks fantastic. Thank you. You write, we generally believe that fitness and health doesn't have a body type, end quote. So what do you mean by this? And do you get pushback from other personal trainers, other fitness experts in the health community when you start putting out this content and creating this messaging? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first of all, yeah, I, I think healthy bodies can come in all shapes and sizes. I truly believe that. And unfortunately, um, a lot of personal trainers don't 
think that. Um, I strongly believe that kind of the size of your body is a very, very bad way of monitoring someone's health status. Um, there's a, a doctor based in the UK. He's a geneticist. He specializes in um, obesity uh, medicine. His name is Dr. Giles Yeo. And he, the way he put it, I really, really liked. So we, we, we interviewed him on my podcast um, about the health at every size movement. I think it is fantastic. It's it's shifting the industry in a direction that I think it needs to move. And he's we asked him kind of what his thoughts were on this topic, someone who specializes in the subject. And he says, we don't necessarily have, all of us individually don't necessarily have health at every size, but health comes in many sizes. So on an individual basis, we are healthy set point or or whatever your body looks like, we can all have health at a different size. So I think that just the fitness industry prioritizing, right, the only way to be healthy is for you to have a low body fat percentage. I just think it's setting a really, really bad message. So the reason for starting up this group is because a lot of the fitness industry messaging is around weight loss. Like everything that you see is weight loss. Even when someone is giving general nutrition advice, somehow weight loss always creeps in there, uh, even when someone hasn't asked for it. Um, so the reason for us starting this group is because I feel like the fitness industry completely needs to move away from talking about weight altering behaviors. I'm not against weight altering behaviors. I work with some clients who have this as part of their goals. Nothing wrong with that at all. I lift weights because I enjoy the challenge of building muscle and altering my body. I think that's fine. But I think the main reason for our messaging is we want to empower people with the knowledge to exercise well, to to move their bodies in a way that feels good and, and encourages longevity of health. We want to encourage people to eat in a way that feels good and helps them to maintain a hopefully nice, uh, long and healthy lifestyle once again. And I truly believe that can be done completely separate away from altering. So that was kind of the initial thought process behind that. Um, and then, yeah, pushback from personal trainers massively. Um, you've kind of just got to look under the comment section in any of my posts. There'll always be, it's always a guy, let's be honest. There's there's always a guy who is jacked up, possibly taking steroids once again, who's criticizing me for preaching a message. I'm called all sorts of names. What was my favorite one recently was, I was called a soy boy or a soy face or something along those lines as well, because this is not, a, a, this is why there's not many men in this space. You know, it's not seen as a masculine thing to talk about, you know. Um, I want to encourage people to feel empowered and feel good about themselves rather than shouting calorie deficit in your face whilst telling you to work harder, you know? So yeah, I, I hope that answered all your questions there and didn't go on a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> no, that's great. And yeah, that's that's what I expected you to say. And it's just so interesting how that happens. How do you, tell me more about this trolling and this fat phobia. Why do you think that it comes out so vile and so cruel. And I mean, I kind of wonder sometimes too, like you said, it's mostly male that are doing this, but mm. do you think their size, their weight bias comes from their own insecurities? <laughs> I mean, I just wonder why it's so strong because it's just like, it literally pulls all the trolls out of every single corner. It really does. Um, I The internet's a weird thing, isn't it? People get tri quite tribal um, and People have lost the art of having a, a, a constructive conversation with people on the internet. Like you, people will argue to be right rather than engaging to potentially learn something new. Um, and I think as soon as you challenge someone's existing beliefs, and I mean, as a society, we have a fat phobic society, let's be honest. Like uh, we're told that being 
fat being in a larger body is bad that is what we're told if you're in a larger body you're lazy you uh yeah you're pretty much lazy and it's all your fault um and i think that that is why i get such a pushback from personal trainers because it is challenging those existing beliefs that we're told from when you do a personal training course like it's all directed down that route one of the first things you learn about is help someone to lose weight because this will help them to get healthy um rather than working with the client finding out about them and their background and food habits their relationship with food relationship with their body and then navigating all this nonsense that we're giving to help them find a healthy path um and i think that's why personal trainers mostly men do argue with it so much and and i think you're right insecurities as well um i think the fitness industry a lot of people that go into personal training they have some sort of disordered eating or exercising habits in the past and that then led them to go and work in the fitness industry whether that was they were bullied from a young age because they were perhaps overweight so then they wanted to change their body and then other things happen in regards to their relationship with food and exercise and i think when the people that are supposed to be telling us what is healthy and what is good for us are coming at it from a place that is possibly quite disordered anyway that's a really really dangerous recipe um so i think that's probably plays a big part in it yeah that's super interesting that it's a lot of cognitive dissonance i think and you're right because i know how i got so passionate about nutrition is because I had been trying to lose weight for over three decades. <laughs> so mm -hmm. like, you know, I became like an expert in every single diet, all kinds of ways to lose weight. I mean, like literally because of my own passion to do it for mm -hmm. myself, right? So probably people that end up in this industry, they have a very high value for looking a certain way, for having a certain yes. appearance. And whenever you have that high of a value in it, you probably have even higher bias than other people because it's so important to you, you know? And this implicit bias is the kind that a lot of people aren't even aware of, you know? Like they have mm -hmm. these implicit biases, but they don't even know that they have them because they just think that that's just the way life is. Of course, everybody mm -hmm. knows that to be healthier, you should be thin. Everybody knows that. That's just a given, right? It's just normal. Mm -hmm. And so that belief is so strong that whenever you challenge it, it's so uncomfortable. So if mm -hmm. someone's been spending their whole life trying to look a certain way, trying to maintain this physique, because yeah. to them, it represents this high social currency, you know, I am mm -hmm. worthy. I have more self-worth because I can look this way and you challenge it. That's super threatening super threatening. And I know how I felt in the past. I mean, I still probably have a lot of implicit bias because I have spent the majority of my life believing that I should be thinner, right? So mm -hmm. it's only been a small part of my life where I'm just like, oh, I'm like slowly crawling out of this mind frame of thinner is better. But I remember in the past when I would be, when I would confront some of these ideas and it was super uncomfortable for me, like, no, because the only way that I can continue to force myself to go on a diet after diet after diet is by believing that it's better for me to be thinner, you know? And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. 
download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. So it's just like, it is, it's the cycle, the psychology of it runs deep and it's, it's very, very twisted. Yeah, it is. And then I was reading sorry, sorry, that, I just want to say one more thing. I was reading mm. on one of the studies that on the comments, you mentioned this earlier for people in larger body sizes, the, their comments on their posts, whether it's YouTube or whatever, there's two times more negative comments than there are supportive comments. And so you're right. It's a really difficult place if you're in a larger body size. So No, I completely agree. I was just going to agree in regards to that bias, you know, like I'd say that I look back at some of the content I was creating only three, four years ago, if that, and I wouldn't write half the things that I did back then. Like I, I, because I think just as an industry, we're told to think a certain way. Um, and, and it's taken a long time to shift that bias. And just from working with, once again, brilliant clients that have helped me to shift it. Um, it's, as I said, the, the fitness industry is waking up to it. The fitness industry is slowly progressing. There are now some brilliant accounts out there creating some great content. Um, you even see it, I'd say even maybe only in the last six to 12 months, some of the kind of really bigger accounts that have very much been, uh, very much focused on weight loss and weight altering behaviors are starting to shift their content whether they're doing that because it's now kind of quite a trendy topic or whether they truly believe it are two separate things but do you know what even if it is only because it's trendy i i still think that's going to have quite a good knock-on effect and and it will help to move things on along a little bit faster well what's your biggest pet peeve in the fitness industry i'm sure you have lots <laughs> but but what is it that every day you're just like I, I think i'll bring it back to a point i made earlier where people are, are scared to accept that they don't know or scared to accept that they're wrong on a topic um you'll see it's very rare now that i'll work with a client who hasn't had a negative experience with a coach or someone in the industry in some form um because i think coaches are really really afraid to say the i don't know phrase um i'm more than happy to accept it i've been a personal trainer now for seven years and i love saying i don't know because it's an opportunity for me to learn and go and go and learn more about a topic you know um and personal trainers especially uh, within the fitness industry they kind of find a little camp a, a belief system and they will stick with that and it's really 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 difficult to change um and you've You've just got to look at the little uh, the diet industry, for example, where you've got the keto or intermittent fasting or, um, or whatever else it is. You've got the slimming clubs as well. Like it all becomes really tribal. And once again, it's just a, a daily struggle of them trying to prove that they're right rather than, OK, actually, is what we're promoting here helping the people that we are professing to want to help? you know? Um, so I think that's probably my biggest pet peeve, but there are thousands. I'm sure, as you know, from the content I create on a regular basis, I, I spend a lot of time bashing the fitness industry. I love it because it's given me the platform to have the job uh, that I do. I get to meet people like you around the world and, and spread this positive message, but it's still incredibly frustrating and there are so many things wrong with it. Lots to learn. So mm. one of the things one of the reasons I think that people sell weight loss is because weight loss sells. So uh, mm. studies show that over the past 12 months here in the United States, at least 50% of adults have tried to lose weight, 50% mm -hmm. in the past year. So that's a lot of people looking to change the size of their bodies. And what I found most interesting 
is that the most common way that people attempt weight loss is through exercise. So I imagine that because of that, a lot of people come to you like completely just like burnt out because they've tried mm -hmm. to do these crazy exercise routines and now they hate exercise and they're trying to, to you know, mm -hmm. find a healthy relationship with exercise. So tell me a little bit about that. Do you feel that there's a lot of people that suffer from exercise aversion because they've linked exercise to weight loss or having a certain body size? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I did a post on this the other day, actually, and about how kind of do a lot of people say they hate exercise because, as you mentioned, the only reason they've been told to do it is because they need to lose weight or they should be losing weight. So I think as soon as you um, associate exercise with simply weight altering behaviors, already you're starting off with this as kind of a really negative uh, relationship. Um, a lot of the people that I that come to me, the large majority of people that come to me for help want to lose weight still. Like despite the content I create, like it is, I want to lose weight, please help me lose weight. And so there's a lot of coaches that will refuse to work with that, especially in the kind of intuitive eating um, space. They will say that they won't work with anyone for weight loss. Um, I do, but I just like to be honest from the get-go that there are many things that we need to focus on and change first. And then if weight loss happens as a result, we can focus on that as well. But um, I, yeah, I, I feel like you're completely correct with that. And the fact that too many people um, burn themselves out chasing this goal of what they think is going to make them happy. And that is weight loss. Um, when in reality, they're just following a program that is going to make them feel 10 times worse. It's going to completely burn them out, probably make them sick. And then they're going to throw in the towel and be right back to where they were at the beginning. So what I would like as an industry is if we stopped focusing on these kind of short term goals that every PT tends to sell within their products. It's a six week plan, 12 week plan, transformation package, whatever it is. And we're told, right, this is how you get healthy. Follow this short plan at the end of it. You'll reach your goals and you'll be happy, but you won't be. You'll, you've not learned anything. You'll end up going back to exactly what you were doing before. And then the cycle repeats itself. You think you've got to go back into that six week plan again. And um, so the first goal should always be find a form of movement that you enjoy. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but it is really, really important. Hey humans, I know you want to eat healthier, but feel strapped for time. And even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out. Well, have you considered trying a meal kit service? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low added sugar and sodium smart options. You get to choose from 80 plus flavor packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15 plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide the recipe cards and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. 
What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included. So even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events. Hello, spring, and time is limited, especially if you want fresh, home-cooked, healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to greenchef.com forward slash human 50 and use code IAMHUMAN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash IAMHUMAN50 and use the code IAMHUMAN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a by women and for women company, and they now offer a nutrient-dense green powder called Daily Nutrigreens. Myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily Nutrigreens, and we loved it. The Daily Nutrigreens contain an immune antioxidant and detox blend, along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients, such as B12, iron, zinc, and selenium. The Daily Greens are certified organic, and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The Daily Nutrigreens are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. And another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! When I tried the Apple Banana Daily Nutrigreens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste. And I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink, integrated into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have time or access to fresh green veggies. If you're interested in trying Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D-R-Y-A-M-I, for 15% off Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I, at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Um, the exercise plan that you are starting up, if you can't see yourself doing that in a year's time, don't bother. Honestly, don't bother. So find something that you enjoy. Find something that you can see some longevity in. And there you go. That's where the magic happens. Yeah, that sustainability is key because I think people do believe I'm just going to push really hard and I'm just going to do this and, and my life's going to be so happy, happily ever after mm-hmm. in three months. But it's really about when it comes to well-being, when it comes to longevity, it's about consistency. And the only way we can stay consistent is by taking actions that are sustainable and pleasurable for us. And mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning, starting a new habit, you know, it's kind of a grind, right? Because you're, you're changing your habits, but it shouldn't be one of those things that every day you're dreading it and every day you're just like barely making it through. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I don't know if I could do this one more day because that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. It's not pleasant for you. So mm-hmm. that's really great tips. How do you help clients navigate weight, size, bias, and discrimination in the fitness world? I, 
first of all, I think you've got to expose all the practices for what they are. And I think that is the most important thing. Um, and it's why I create the content that I do so regularly. You'll see that my messaging, if anyone's looked at my content, it's quite consistent. I approach the same topics over and over again because I think that it's important too. Um, I, I feel like as soon as you start pinpointing or highlighting, right, this is a practice that's normalized within the fitness industry. Here is what's wrong with it. And if you keep hammering that message home to people, it's slowly going to start shifting their belief system. I think so many people come to a personal trainer because they think I need someone to shout at me and tell me that I'm doing things wrong and this will help me to achieve all my goals and find happiness. And it's not, you know, I, I feel like um, the relationship between a personal trainer and their client should be the same as kind of going to see a counsellor or a therapist, you know, it's a... It's a, you're a facilitator, it's teamwork, you know, you find what works for that person. And if it doesn't, you adapt and, and you find another route, you know. And I think that as soon as you start treating people with respect and uh, actually working with the client, finding what works for them, you start exposing all the nonsense that the fitness industry has to offer. That's the starting point, you know. I've been working with clients for a few months and they start really seeing, oh, actually, this is what I've been doing all my life, but it's not making you feel good. And like, why, why have I been sticking to this for this long? And, and I think from just exposing those practices, it, it does start to click over time. And that's usually the start point. And then it's different for every client, of course. And some people will, will get it in a few weeks, others, it might take months, it might take years to really deconstruct it. But I think if you can just slowly expose it, follow content creators, curate your social media feed so that you're getting positivity rather than all these trainers telling you that you're worthless and not working hard enough. And it's, it's a, uh, yeah, you can find that recipe for success somehow. Yeah. I love that tip about curating your feed, but I'm telling you that social media is very, very tricky because mm -hmm. lately I have been, I'm, I work with a personal trainer. He calls himself a strength and conditioning coach. So my awesome. strength yeah. and conditioning coach, <laughs> um, and I, I build muscle pretty easily, which is mm -hmm. one of my genetic propensities, which is nice. But, I'm, you know, so I, I, I'm so yeah, jealous. I'm so jealous. I'm the I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to my husband, believe me. And I'm competitive too. So we and we go to personal training together and sometimes I can lift more than him and you know. Love it. I brag about it. I brag about <laughs> you it. Should. So it's you horrible. <laughs> but anyway, so so I've been kind of looking at stuff on social media about strength building and muscle building mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, my discover page, it became transformation pictures mm -hmm. and like yeah. all of these six packs. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, 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 you know, and because I have this history in the past of disordered eating, my brain is like, you mm -hmm. want to look like that. You need to look like that. And so it can be really tricky mm -hmm. sometimes. So if people start to get in that trap, maybe just even take a break for a while and get off of mm -hmm. social media because those algorithms, they want to feed you the stuff that you're going, that you're attracted to, even mm -hmm. if you don't want to be attracted to it, you know, it's yeah. just like so in Yeah. And I find TikTok is even worse. I don't know if you're kind of entering too much into the world of TikTok. Um, it's the algorithm is brutal. Like I feel like the misinformation is, is worse than I've seen on any other platform. Wow. Uh, TikTok is is incredibly toxic and also it makes it even more dangerous that the demographic of that platform is so young as well Very young. it's definitely kind of more older <laughs> That makes me sound old. Older people using the platform, but it's still a very young demographic mostly. And some of the stuff you see on there is pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like Instagram's a bit easier to curate. But as you said, still, still quite difficult. 
it is still quite difficult to navigate. Well, what tips do you have for other fitness professionals? I'm sure there's other fitness professionals like you. They've been in it for a few years and then they suddenly realize, oh, you know, maybe some of the practices I have aren't that health promoting, aren't helping my clients as much. What steps can they start to take to become more balanced, more inclusive, help their clients with weight size neutrality? That's an interesting question. I... I don't I, I don't have a very clear cut answer, but I think personal traders need to look at everything that they're doing with their client. I've I've been really careful over the last kind of couple of years at least to really analyze every single thing that I'm doing with my clients, like every plan I send out, every bit of writing I send out to them, every blog post I'm writing, every podcast interview that I'm doing. I'm really careful with my wording because the words really matter. And when you're someone who's in a position of power, such as a personal trainer, even if you're quite new to the industry, people will look up to you for advice and they will take what you say seriously. So I think you really need to look at everything that you're doing and say, right, is this good for my client or is it good for me and my business? And I think those are two very different things. Um, once again, personal trainers off the bat, most of the time will say, right, before and after photos, let's do it. Let's get all... Let's weigh you and get measurements, even when the client possibly hasn't even asked for that to be as a goal, you know. Um, so all these behaviours that personal trainers use to advertise their services, um, promote themselves to get more business, I, you really need to analyse, as I said, like, is this constructive? Um, is this going to be helpful for the client that is in front of me? And a lot of the time it isn't. Um, the before and after photos one's a really interesting one. Um, it's something that I've started being a bit more vocal about over the last few months. And I, I truly don't think that personal trainers should be posting before and after photos on social media at all, at all. I don't think that it should be used. If you want to use it with your clients, if you want to use them for yourself, that's fine. But I just feel like the repercussions of that can be too damaging. Every time I do a post about this, I'll get messages from a lot of people agreeing with me and saying how damaging they found the process of their personal trainer using those with them. Even if you think you're celebrating your client's successes, are you celebrating their successes or are you kind of secretly criticizing the way they used to look? And if they ever end up looking like that again, are they then going to feel bad because they're, they failed and regressed to what they were before? Your other clients that are seeing that, are they thinking, oh, why am I not on that before and after page? Like, uh, am I a bit of a failure and I, am I not a success? And I truly think that if we can move away from this image-based way that the fitness industry is at the moment, stop focusing on just the way the bodies look, the way the bodies change, it will be such a more beneficial process to every person that comes through your door to, to work with you. That's such a good point. And I agree because it's this, we're so visual as humans and we see this and who knows what the time frame is, first of all. Second of all, that's one individual's body there's mm -hmm. so much between that first picture and that second picture. There's there's a lot mm -hmm. of details, a lot of, you know, things, but we look at it as humans and we're like, wow, the promise of that, you know, mm -hmm. the promise of I want that. And it's very attractive. I think it's very yeah. attractive. And I think that's why the trainers keep using it because then they have, I want to do that. I want to be like that. But there's so much detail that's not known. Mm -hmm. Is can your body even do that? And if it can, how much effort are you going to have to put in? How much sacrifice are you going to have to mm -hmm. make? And that's the part that's lacking, I think, is the informed consent that I was talking about before. Like, there's a lot of things you may have to do to try to achieve this type of physique 
-hmm. that you may or may not be willing to do and could potentially cause you great harm, like disordered eating, eating disorders, (laughs) those those kinds of things. Yeah, it's so true. Like the amount of times I've spoken to people who have had a before and after photo taken. So every time I post about it, I'll get direct messages from people saying like, thank you for promoting this message because it's important. And they'll say, right, I had a great before and after photo from the outside. I looked happy uh, or healthy uh, but I'd lost my menstrual cycle loss of sex drive I didn't my my hunger cues were completely off I felt terrible about my body my body dysmorphia was at an all-time high like all these things that before and after photos don't show um I just don't think they're helpful um once again steroid use within the fitness industry is a really important one to, to touch on as well a lot of personal trainers will use before and after photos of maybe their own body or with clients who have been taking steroids and this is never ever spoken about um i know multiple trainers in the city that i live in that take steroids none of them mention it on their social media pages but all of them will use their body as a kind of advertisement for getting more business um i think there needs to be a lot more authenticity within the fitness industry and it's just not happening at the moment Wow, that's incredible. I wouldn't, I would never have known those kinds of things. Obviously, I guess, because we're not supposed to know, right? <laughs> it's no, supposed to look I know. like it's, it's achievable by just Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's wild. And I think people would be really surprised with how prevalent steroid use is. I would be very surprised if there's a gym in the country that doesn't have someone using their gym that is taking some form of performance enhancing drugs. And I think when you say that stat out loud, people were quite shocked because they don't think it is that prevalent. They see it as just this kind of, elite bodybuilder thing and that's it um but everyday people are regularly regularly using steroids and it's incredibly damaging to your health because they see these images they see films they see magazines they see personal trainers with these physiques they try for months and months really hard to achieve it it's not happening because the person that achieved that physique probably used steroids to get there so therefore they then resort to using steroids because they don't feel like they can do it on their own and it's just this vicious cycle that just keeps on going um and it's yeah as i said there's there's far more people using than um than people realize how often do you have men that come to you that are burned out by the fitness industry and this pressure to look a certain way. Does does it happen in men or is it mostly that, are you seeing women that are like, oh my gosh, I'm tired of diet culture, I'm tired of all this. How, what are you seeing from your clients? Yes, you see it in men more, they're just less likely to talk about it. Um, usually I don't find out the true complexities of a male client's um, kind of struggles with exercise and nutrition until I've been working with them for a few months. I think because they might come to a personal trainer or a male personal trainer at least and think that it's maybe a sign of weakness or whatever. But once I've been working with a client for some time, you build up that rapport. They start to really open up and tell you about their struggles. It is just as prevalent within men. Um, Men get just as many body hangups as women do. It's just not the thing to talk about. Um, so it's, it's just as, it's just as bad among my male clients as it is with female, unfortunately. Yeah. And and for men, I think also men can swing in the opposite direction and they want to get larger in size, right? Bigger muscles. Mm -hmm. How big can I get? How much weight can I gain? And it becomes disordered eating in the opposite direction, like constantly Mm -hmm. eating, like pounding these protein, everything, Mm -hmm. protein, everything. Like I've never seen so many protein products in my life. Now that I started, of course, the advertisement on Instagram, (laughs) I'm like, really? Everything has extra protein in it. Like, why are there so many 
protein yeah. gummy bears, you know, like protein everything. There is, yeah. <laughs> so, and also you look at the labels of these products and sometimes there's not that much protein in them anyway, but it's used as a nice marketing ploy now. I think it's yeah. nice to have something, only like four grams of protein or something to have high protein on it, or it's something really low. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's worrying. Uh, the fitness industry, especially young guys, you know, there's a lot of guys that come into, they come to want to work with me and they'll be, there'll be a picture of some guy that they've got and they're like, this is kind of what I want to look like. Can you help me look like this? And this person has clearly been lifting weights for years, if not decades, possibly taking dodgy supplements. And you just have to be honest, but there will be a personal trainer out there that will say, yes, I can get you those results. And there they go. They're off working with them. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it is a minefield out there for knowing what is the right and wrong way to go with your exercise and nutrition. I made many mistakes when I first started lifting. Um, I never went down the kind of steroid use at all, but I definitely had a disordered relationship with exercise initially kind of in the gym six seven days a week not wanting to do any cardio because I thought it was going to negatively impact my muscle building uh eating regularly very regularly pounding the protein shakes and it's just it's a really vicious cycle um and unfortunately there's not enough men calling it out yeah man well because they're stuck in their own paradigm too right you know the social Mm -hmm. currency Okay, so what tips do you have for women that are looking for size-inclusive, weight-neutral fitness professionals? Is there a place that they can go to find these professionals? I would love to say yes, but I don't think there is this space at the moment where you'll be able to find them. There are some brilliant accounts on social media um, that you can follow that will hopefully then signpost you towards some kind of weight-inclusive trainers. Um, I follow quite a few good ones you're gonna put me on the spot here and get me to name the handles i can't if anyone wants to message me i'm happy to send on some accounts to them um but unfortunately there isn't a place for that where you can just go and find a weight inclusive trainer that i'm aware of you know um they are out there there are some brilliant brilliant coaches out there you just have to search unfortunately um but i am i'm more than happy to signpost people towards some trainers that will be able to help them because it is they are difficult to find unfortunately yeah, and and I think that it is one of those things that is getting more and more common, but you do have to be deliberate in looking, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, 
how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. What do you wish more people knew? I wish society as a whole knew that body size is not a choice, you know? And and I think that's a really important message that I think needs championing more. Um, The size of your body, so many different things influence that from socioeconomic background to kind of income, education, the area that you live in, food access, like all these different things can influence the way that your body looks. But as a society as a whole, we're told that the way our body looks is solely down to you. It is your choice if your body looks like that and it could not be further from the truth um and i feel like many people get stuck in a cycle because they feel guilty for looking a certain way when it is absolutely not their fault and i think if society as a whole knew that body size was not a choice people would feel a bit more relaxed about it and then would be more likely to search out ways of improving their health in other ways other than going on crash diets or following any ridiculous exercise programs. So that would be my one thing that I really wish more people knew about. I love it. I'm right there with you in that wish. And Mm -hmm. I think I would expand on it and say that because we know this about body size, we should take our focus away from body size and we should Mm -hmm. redirect our focus to well-being because everybody can tune into well-being, you know? Like you don't have control, you can't you don't have direct control over the number on that scale. You don't. Mm-hmm. But one of the things you can do is learn to adapt your habits and behaviors so that you feel good more more mm-hmm. often, you know? And when we focus just on that body size, we're completely ignoring the feeling good part. <laughs> you know? Completely. So it's like mm-hmm. very detrimental to joy and mm-hmm. um There's actually one of the studies out of the UK, actually, that showed, I think it was like 15, 20% of women that they surveyed in this study would give up at least one year of their life to achieve their ideal body size. And I think it was like 16% were said they would willing to spend less time with their friends and family members and loved ones in order to get their ideal body size. Our priorities are so messed up. <laughs> it's just, it's it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is heartbreaking because as a society, we've been programmed to think like this, you know? We're told thinner is better and it's just, that is evidence of that and it's, that is heartbreaking. It truly is heartbreaking. Okay, so this has been great and you, we've started talking about some of the services you offer, but tell us where my listeners can connect with you what products and services you offer and about your membership and all of that stuff. Cool. Yeah. So most of my advice is kind of dished out through social media, through Instagram. So following me there is probably going to give the most value. So that's just my name, Michael Ujoa PT. um, And that's the same on 
Twitter and TikTok as well. Um, if you are interested in personal training, I do one-to-one online personal training with clients all over the world. Um, and you can find out more about that just at my website, michaeljoa.com. Uh, and then I have, as you mentioned, a new kind of inclusive fitness community that we've just started up. Myself and another brilliant weight inclusive PT, Amy Snelling. She's awesome. You should go and follow her too, Amy Snelling PT. Um, we started up this community that doesn't focus on weight alterating behaviors. All we focus on is providing good nutrition advice, good exercise advice, workouts that everyone can do from beginner to advanced levels. And it's just a really cool space where everyone within our community is cheering each other on. And I'm I'm incredibly proud of it actually. And it's called Nourish, Move and Maintain. And you can find that at nourishmovemaintain.com. I love the name of it too. My I'm a pediatrician and my pediatric Mm -hmm. practice is called Nourish Wellness. So I was attracted to that as well. Um, You also have a podcast. Tell me about your podcast. I have not had a chance to listen to any of the episodes, but I will. But tell us what you do on your podcast and what do you talk about? Yeah, of course. So yeah, we've been running the podcast for quite a while. It was basically me and a friend of mine in Edinburgh. So I'm based in Edinburgh in Scotland, um, despite the very uh, Southern English accent. Um, I I started up a podcast about three years ago uh, with a good friend of mine called Jason Alds. So I'm, you kind of know the content, you know my messaging from what we've been talking about. Jason is very much on the other end of a spectrum here. He's an extreme unicyclist, which already is completely out there. Uh, He's kind of a heavily tattooed, very Scottish extreme unicyclist, but also loves his strength training, really into fitness and calisthenics. And we both come at fitness from a very different angle. And we just tear apart news articles. We chat about absolute nonsense. Um, We've had some really cool guests on, um, such as Dr. Giles Yeo that you mentioned there. We've had... um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Lamy, who's, uh, she calls herself the fat doctor. She was on, we had a really cool discussion about kind of weight inclusivity in the fitness industry. We interviewed Mr. Motivator, uh, anyone who's based in the UK. He's kind of like a 90s fitness icon. He's amazing. We had him on as our 100th episode. And yeah, it's just basically a, a chance for me and Jason to to chat nonsense, but put the world to rights over fitness. And that's called Just The Fitness Tip. So if you want to check out Just The Fitness Tip on any podcast platform, that's, that's where you'll find us. That sounds so funny. Extreme unicyclist sounds like an oxymoron. Like it doesn't seem like those two <laughs> words should go together. <laughs> Yeah, I still don't really get it. I've known Jason now for about three or four years and it's still like, I still don't get it, but he he's really good at it. And uh, he used to run like an extreme unicycling troupe. They used to go around the world. Like they they did shows at like the opening of an Olympic Games and it's all sorts. It's he, he's, he's very good. I did give it a go once and I was useless, but he's uh, he knows his stuff about unicycles. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, I am very risk averse to anything that could damage my body. And I think that I would fall right away. So I don't know if I'm going to give that a try. But now I'm very intrigued about your podcast. So I will definitely be tuning in to hear your content. That sounds really, really cool. Okay, Michael, leave us with your number one tip for busy moms Moms that are done with the dieting industry, diet culture, they want to move their bodies and feel good. What would you tell them? I would say throw away everything you've been told about fitness and nutrition in the past. Like really break it down to the basics. I think what people have been told throughout our lives is that exercise has to look a certain way. It has to be in a gym for an hour or going for a long run and you have to be sweating and and hurting and that's going to be a beneficial workout. It does not have to be like that. Find any form of movement that you enjoy, any kind of movement that gets your body up, gets your heart rate up 
If you enjoy it, do it and it counts, okay? You don't have to do these long strenuous workouts for it to be beneficial. It can be short, it can be enjoyable. It doesn't have to be what the fitness industry tells you it should be. And then the same with nutrition as well. Once again, break it down. A lot of the rules we are told about nutrition are complete nonsense. You don't have to eat loads of small meals. You can eat late in the evening. You don't have to cut out carbs, whatever it is. Balance. It's all about balance, okay? Every food can be part of a healthy diet. The danger is just in the dose, so be sensible with it. Um, and then if you want any extra tips, get in touch. I'm always happy to give to give some if I can. <laughs> oh, that's a great place to start. Michael, I'm so glad I found you. I am so glad that we got to know each other over this past hour. Thank you so much for everything that you do. You're making a difference, so keep it up. Thank you so much, and I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Thank you so much for having me. I, I genuinely really appreciate it. It's been great fun. I really enjoyed that conversation with Michael. It's just so refreshing and I am loving seeing more and more professionals out there that are promoting this weight neutrality, body inclusivity in the health and fitness industry because it's so needed and it's going to help us redirect this focus away from body size and to well-being, to empowering people to get to the well-being that they desire through achievable, sustainable actions. So I'm just really glad that Michael agreed to come on the show and I hope that you follow him. His last name is Ujoa. It's spelled U-L-L-O-A, okay? So first name Michael spelled traditionally M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Last name is U-L-L-O-A. So go follow him on Instagram. If you're on TikTok, sounds like you need to follow him. I'm not really active on TikTok. So thankfully, I'm not getting exposed to some of the toxic diet culture on there, which is great. But I just really love this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and you learned a little something and that you find more fitness professionals to follow on social media. Because remember, what we're exposed to, especially if you spend a lot of time on social media, that becomes the reality of your consciousness. That is what your brain thinks is the norm, okay? So we need to be deliberate about following people of all body types, all body sizes, so that we can start to break down these biases that we have, okay? We all have them, believe me. Even people in larger bodies, they have started to internalize these biases, okay? So examine that, become aware for yourself so that we can start to turn the ship around in a better direction. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for hanging with us and listening. And I will see you again next week, veggie lovers. Have a fantastic day. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.